Hi everyone, this is your host Ramakrishna from Usha Investment Group LLC. Welcome back to Multifamily AP360, the show where we discuss 360 degrees views on mindset, passive and active multifamily investing. For those who are looking for tips, strategies, best and challenging experiences. Also, I request you to share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Today's our guest is Shane Brooks from Wild Oak Capital. Welcome, Shane. Thank you, Rama. Thanks for having me. Sure. Little bit about Shane. Shane Brooks. Shane Brooks is from Southwest Colorado and received a degree in engineering from Fort Lewis College. Currently, is a project engineer for a midstream company in Houston, Texas. He has been investing in real estate for over nine years and currently owns self-manages over $4.9 million worth of real estate. With a strong technical background, Shane excels at multifamily underwriting, asset management, and project execution. So with that, Shane, you want to add anything to your background? Uh, no, I think that's a, a great synopsis there. Um, like I said, still working my, my W-2 um, as a project engineer uh, for an oil and gas company here in Houston, um, but really also growing our syndication and personal portfolio business in the real estate realm. So it's exciting to be accomplishing both at the same time and, and kind of blocking out that time management. Sure, sure. And your engineer and why, why are you into real estate and multifamily space? Yeah, I think I've, I've always had an interest in real estate. Um, my parents... Early on, uh, we're in real estate as well. I don't, they never really uh, kind of taught us kind of the ropes or anything or didn't really continue on. They just kind of dabbled here and there, but um, always kind of been an entrepreneur and, and kind of looking at what multifamily gives you um, and what it offers. There's, there's a lot of correlations between what I wanted to do in an engineering space and then also for um, what captured my interest, which is real estate as a whole. So uh, always had an interest in it. Yeah, share me like how exactly started real estate multifamily. You know, you can share me your first acquisition or something like that. Yeah, and I'll kind of do a short summary early on. But I, I uh, in college, I didn't want to pay for uh, student housing, and so um, I, I bought my first property uh, right out of or during school. So I didn't kind of did the house hacking strategy. Um, but in the market I was at, really small multifamilies was the way to go. And once I realized that that was the path, uh, I started diving in a lot further. And that's what actually led me going kind of down that learning experience led me to the larger multifamily space, uh, which we have focus on today, Um, really focusing on the the Texas, Oklahoma and Colorado markets. But through that process, I I met one of my business partners at a meetup, uh, joined his team really to uh, start Wild Oak Capital and and, and get in on the underwriting side, which is one of my specialties that I kind of brought to the team. And, and that's how we kind of started. Our, our very first acquisition was a, a 48 unit uh, apartment complex in Jenks, Oklahoma, just south of Tulsa, and uh, actually closed that one in November of last year. So fairly newer on our, our syndication group, but we've been, been growing quite a bit in the last six months. Got it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, share me a little bit about more about that 48 units, uh, James Oklahoma. Like, how did you find that deal? So, share me like how you underwrite their deals. Or what kind of assumptions you know you wrote? Yeah, of course. So, so that that deal um, was actually through broker relations. Uh, one of our other partners that uh, we have at Wild Oak Capital. Um, he's our our broker relations lead, and so. 
it took took about six months just just building relationships. As you know, this is a big relationship uh, um, area of focus, and so that, it came from a broker relation that actually they they were marketing it. I think we uh, saw and put an offer within the first two or three days that they had listed it. So um, we really got to the to the market pretty quick, but. Um, on the underwriting side, it was, it's your pretty standard uh, light value add. It's in a, a, a B, B minus area operations wise. It was more on the cosmetic interior uh, landscape to really bring up to market rents. Not a lot that really needed to be done on the exterior. So it was really well-maintained type of property. And so our, our capital infusion that we were bringing into the property was, was mainly on the interior rehabs. And then uh, uh, kind of holding for a five-year projection while we kind of implement that stabilization. Got it. What kind of business plan you're implementing? What kind of going in cap rate? What is your exit cap rate? And what kind of interest rates? What kind of you know insurance rates you're going with this? Huh? Yeah, of course. So yeah, we can dive into some of the, the details there. So we were um, coming in here. This was a, a 3.75 million dollar acquisition. Um, going in cap rate was about 5.75. Typically, we are at at least a minimum of 10 basis points per year increase on our exit caps. Uh, we're starting to kind of expand that a little bit just with the uncertainty in the markets to kind of a 12 or 15 uh, basis points increase. So that's really how we kind of hedge against um, the current markets and make sure we're we're semi-conservative in our our underwriting so that we're not uh, planning for something we can't achieve, or at least we don't believe the market can achieve. So um, those are kind of the first two there. The other operations um, for the loan product. So we went with a Freddie loan on this one is actually a 3.73 interest rate. Um, it was a seven-year term with two years of IO. Uh, typically, we look to have a little longer term to just give us flexibility in our business plan. Our, our business plan is typically about a five-year, four to five-year hold. Um, but to kind of give us that level of security and comfort, we have a few extra years on the loan to one if we are early on and kind of implement our business plan. And have an earlier sale. Um, it, the assumptions become more more relevant when you have a few more years remaining with those low interest rates. And then also on the reverse end, if the market is not going so hot and you need a, an extra year to 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 rebound and and make sure you can hit your projections, um, it gives us a little flexibility with that kind of a loan product. So um, that's one of the one of the things we look to underwrite is. What's the best loan product that fits the business plan we're trying to implement? And what is like, you know, prepayment penalty for, you know, uh, that uh, two years I won, seven years uh, loan? Yep. So typically we we avoid um, the yield maintenance operations for those uh, prepayment penalties. So a lot of our products are step downs. And so we'll be on these ones. We usually have like the first five years of the step down period. So we'll have a um, usually a three, three, two, two, one. Uh, and then no prepayment penalty on the back two years. So it gives us that flexibility to where we uh, we implement the business plan. We're, we're at low risk on the step-down prepayment. Got it. Yeah, thank you. And uh, how do you look at multifamily space at this point from, you know, inflation and, you know, cap rate compression or, you know, interest rate, uh, you know, bumps? Yeah, I, I, th- I think you, you definitely have to kind of hone in your underwriting because right now with the capital markets the way they are, interest rates are fluctuating uh, daily. And um, so it really, for us, the way we're trying to hedge against that is um, our assumptions. We try to have quick turnarounds for when we, from when we submit our LOIs to 
continuing those conversations with brokers um, as if the time kind of lapses over that, you're going to have probably some interest rate changes um, over that period uh, with the time we're in now. So uh, we're seeing a lot of kind of initial retrades um, from the LOI to PSA stage, just because the rates are obviously affecting um, what, what people are able to offer on these properties right now. So we're, we're hedging that to try to move really quickly so we can secure, um, kind of put in our application so we can lock in some of those lower rates while the rest of the process is proceeding. And then in the meantime, making sure we're doing as much upfront due diligence as we can, as well as uh, comparing and having our property managers in place, running through the same assumptions that we have um, in, or giving us assumptions that they have on actually running the property to make sure we're aligned. So we're, we're trying to do a lot more upfront early on in a short period of time, just to kind of hedge against what's what's changing right now in the markets. Got it. So at what stage you will involve your property manager or your lender into underwriting process? Yeah, you, usually when we're, um, we're at the stage now where um, basically when we're ready to submit our LOI, we're also... Uh, have lending in our back pocket to um, have that application started at a moment's notice. And we also have our property manager in place ready to go um, at a moment's notice too. So we, we've kind of lined out the, the two big items there needed to to move quickly so we can capitalize on the today's rates and not have that risk fluctuation of what happens in the future. Got it. Got it. Uh, and also you're, you're strong at asset management and project execution. Share me a little bit more about your experience in that space. Yeah. So we've, we've got a few different properties. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm out of Houston here, um, but we've got properties in San Antonio, um, a couple in uh, Oklahoma. Um, and so a lot, all, everything we're doing right now is remote obviously, but um, yeah, for, for me, it's, I've, I've always had a, a large experience in managing remotely. Um, I've been in Houston for about a little over six years and still have a portfolio in Durango, Colorado, which is where I'm from. And, and having built those relationships there is the same practice we're pushing towards these new markets um, to make sure you have your teams fully set up. So um, like I said before, we, we kind of focus on three different states, but we have honed in areas of those three states that we uh, really target because we want to make sure we've got a strong foundation going into these uh, uh, areas of focus so we don't have surprises when we kind of get to the table of having a property available to us. So um, strong on, and it also kind of ties to my W-2 job as well. And in the management side of things is uh, running teams running budgets, uh, making sure we kind of adhere to them and then adapting to flex and being flexible for what's going to be changing kind of on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis to make sure you have a successful project. Got it. Got it. So project execution means so you're, you're managing like renovation stuff, right? Yeah. For, for us, our, our business plans are, are typically light value adds on these, these properties. Um, we're, we're usually focusing on kind of late seventies, early nineties vintage, um, kind of garden style pitched roof uh, type of property. So that, that's the style we're looking at, but they are usually light value add. So this is going to be more on um, managing the interior renovations, um, the ongoing budgets for those with our property management, and then some of the exterior upgrades that we want to do just to enhance the uh, outsides or uh, kind of create some spaces for community. Um, our companies are really people first um, viewpoint. And so we we really want to implement that kind of common community type feel in our properties and 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 bring that style that may not be accustomed um, from previous ownership. So 
Uh, that's really our focus is, is making sure that our management is on the same page as us, that we want to provide a, a safe, great place to live um, that has a community that cares about each other at these properties. So um, kind of handling both is, is what we really do on our asset management piece. Got it. So what, what is your typical budget? What is that turnaround time for one unit? Yeah. So um, for us, um, kind of give you a good example in our Oklahoma market, uh, we've got a great property manager there and uh, a few great contractors that we've found on that end as well. So we're, we're right now looking, typically depending on how rough the turns are in those renovated units, uh, about two weeks is, I would say, on the long end, um, if, if it's a little rougher, uh, usually a week we can get them turned around if it's pretty well taken care of. And then we're ranging anywhere from about $3,500 a unit to about $7,500 a unit right now. So these are these are not kind of granite countertop areas, but we are implementing kind of your cosmetic changes, flooring, paint. Um, we're, we're resurfacing countertops and, and uh, installing backsplashes and appliance packages. So really just cleaning up the space and modernizing it a little bit without doing a lot of structural or uh, or heavy turn operations. Got it. Got it. Uh, would you share any like, you know, best real estate investing experience so far? Yeah, of course. Um, I, for the best real estate experience, I would say would be our, our first deal there um, in Jenks, Oklahoma. We, it was our first one. So obviously we had a, a, kind of a lot of learning curves that we were going through. Uh, capital raising was one of our big hurdles. But once we finally got that property closed, we really knew what we had in, in terms of that property. But um, once we were able to start implementing our business plan, it was really kind of eye-opening of kind of the growth we had on, on site. So we were achieving going in with uh, in the first three months, we were seeing year four rent projections um, on renovated units. So really strong growth and really a high demand for a product that we were kind of enhancing in the area. So I would say that would be our best experience of just seeing how that property is really uh, turned the corner and, and kind of has a long way to, or a long tunnel to, kind of continue that growth process. So are you planning to keep that property till five years? Yes, that would be our, um, for that one, it, that would be our plan is, is a five-year hold. Um, obviously, we're, we gauge the market. We That's one of the big focuses we put on is um, staying in tune with what's going on in, in that market today and what makes the best sense for the property for our investors and and being stewards of their money. We, we always want to stay on top of what's best for them as well. So um, that is the plan, but uh, we, we've seen a lot of different um, kind of offerings come through that kind of sway us one way or the other, but we'll, for us, we'll market it properly so that we uh, we can do the best for our investors that we possibly can. Yeah, got it. So would you also share any of your challenging experience in real estate space and multifamily space? Yeah, challenging experiences, I would say, is um, persistence. For here, things always take longer than you you would expect. Um, so lending, when you're kind of first getting into these things, is is one of them. Um, a lot of the upfront work, it's, it's kind of heavy and in strides, but um, also just knowing and realizing that you need to keep up with uh, both timing, contractors, expenses um, through the asset management piece, and that you should adjust accordingly in your in your budget because there's obviously with supply chains and everything that's going on in the world, there's things that change on a daily basis, which when you're early underwriting uh, may not fully have accounted for. So 
really just staying on top of um, what your asset management plans are versus what you underwrote and keeping all your investors informed because see that a big challenge is making sure that you're not kind of falling behind, even though you're, you may be on par with what your, your spreadsheet says, there's some real life stuff that you have to match up with asset management. Got it. Yep. Thank you. So on what, what is your current focus? Share something you're excited about now. Yeah, right now um, we're we're still focused on the same style of of properties. We usually we're in like the thirty to one hundred twenty five unit mix. Um, looking at some larger ones as well, but really is is growth um, for our company. We've we've seen a large growth in the last six months. A lot of that is relationships and um, kind of furthering that experience. That's one of the things we're really excited about is the relationship piece. I mean, there's this is a very relationship um, style field and. Uh, we've actually found a lot of great friends that are uh, in the space that you can kind of bounce stuff off of. And, and because of those relationships, you not only have potential partners in the future, but you have uh, kind of friendships forming from there as well. So we're excited about continuing relationships with not only our investors, but other individuals in this field, um, and even just educating the, the public about uh, multifamily investing and, and what it can do for um families across the country. Got it. Any one advice that have impact on you, Shane? Uh, one advice I would say um, was, it's really kind of a saying, um, the, the president of our of my W-2 job um, had mentioned this, but really creating a significant impact versus being successful. Um, so significance over success is really something that's really resonated with me to uh, kind of implement day to day and a, a better unit of measure than just success. Got it. And any personal habits that are helping you to be successful? Yeah. So I, I wake up um, same time every day, uh, really early. I'm, I'm up at 445 about every morning and uh, really just utilize that so I can be in the office early and kind of helps time block my days. So since I do, I'm running both the, the syndication and investing uh, space and in conjunction with my W-2 as, a, as an engineer, I really have to be diligent on time blocking and time management. So being up, being able to get up that early and just having those few extra hours in the day has really helped me in my um, kind of journey to be successful in both attributes. Got it. Yep. And any books that impacted your life and what way? Yeah, I would say um, a couple of the main ones would be uh, Raising Capital by Hunter Thompson. Um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is, is kind of your obvious one. And then also Who Not How. That one was really impactful to kind of show that you don't have to do everything in your business and you can't do everything in your business. And you, the growth you can have um, by dedicating some of those activities to someone else is how you can get a lot more accomplished in the every day, every single day. Yep. How are you giving back to community? So ours is uh, really knowledge in, in podcasting. Um, our group, one of my other partners uh, runs a podcast called the real estate mindset. So really just trying to reach and out and brand and kind of inform others of this space and, and what we have to do um, and what we can provide or others can provide. And then uh, community work on our properties. So we, we love to implement um, community events, uh, gifts for the holidays, things to kind of show that community feel. So um, that's one of the things we're really implementing on on every one of our properties is giving back to the community. Awesome. And how can listeners can connect with you, Shane? Yeah. So um, again, our company is Wild Oak Capital. Uh, you, we've got all this, all the social media platforms uh, and uh, website as well. And then feel free any of your listeners to reach out to me as well if I can help in any way or, or 
any of my messages resonated with them um, at shane at wildoakcapital.com. Awesome. And thank you, Shane. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for adding value to the show. Yeah, no, thank you, Ram. It was great having me. Sure. Thanks for listening to Multifamily AP360. Check out the show notes and grab the freebie on our website, ushacapital.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Follow me on my social media. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time. Thank you.